0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: from autosport.com and autosport magazine i'm martin lee this is the autosport podcast well as the first ever practice session uh, this half a billion dollar track was scrapped because of a drain cover destroying not one but two cars fp2 eventually ended at 4 a.m local time In front of empty grandstands, the shots emerged online of fans being ejected by police as the later running meant that the regular security and hospitality staff had clocked off. Well, to tell us what happened, what the teams have said, what the drivers have said, what the organizers have said. And actually, what happened on track is the editor of Autosport.com, Hayden Cobb. Hayden, welcome back to the podcast. We are both slightly under the weather, but, you know, soldiering on and all that it's not like we've worked until five o'clock in the morning like our u.s colleagues <laughs> um- that's
0: that's right now thanks for, for having me and yes yeah we might sound a bit musky a bit uh yeah i guess uh, an, an attractive voice for both of us in that there you Ill go. way but um yes probably the strangest friday even though it's a thursday but it was a friday i think i've ever seen in a formula one race weekend
1: so, for anyone that might have got up to watch FP1, all eight minutes of it, and then thought, I'm turning this off and either going back to bed or getting the kids to school, in the fullness of time now, we're recording this a few hours after that, and obviously just after FP2's just finished, what actually happened and what was the remedy?
0: Yeah, so we had a serene eight minutes and a few seconds of FP1, uh, and, and then chaos reigned, let's say. Um, it It appears... Sort of quite simply, which we this we have seen this happen before, where the the force of the Formula One cars in terms of when they get sucked to the ground has has been pretty much sucking up uh, drains or manhole covers, uh, and and this happened in in FP one. Uh, it looks like a few of the cars had done it to what have been identified as water valve covers, which I think uh, in case of fires. Uh, and other, sort of if they need emergency water, that's sort of what these are for or indeed to stop uh, water flowing into certain buildings or things like that. The, these are the covers, the sort of m- very small uh, covers and holes underneath the the, the, t- the tarmac and the street surface to, to access these, the water points. Um, and it seems like basically these uh, points were not tested or it was impossible to test them because you didn't have the F1 cars before. FP1 on the track, but they weren't properly checked over in terms of would they be able to withstand uh, 41 one cars running over them at high speed with the high forces uh, applied to them. Uh, because yes, as you said, within eight minutes, that was it. Uh, one had come off. It was the unlucky uh, driver to get, I guess, the worst outcome of it was Ferrari's Carlos signs. It literally shot through the underside of his car. Apparently, there was a, a hole in his cockpit caused by by this um and it wrecked his chassis uh parts of his uh power unit and his sort of safety cell as well like, huge damage to the car he is thankfully okay um and another one to suffer sort of damage in terms of had to change the chassis but nothing else was uh alpine's esteban Ocon. Uh, but because this is obviously a safety issue and not an easy fix the the session was cancelled uh, or Called off after the eight minutes, um, pretty swiftly. Um, in, in sort of the same way, if you um, go go back in your minds to twenty nineteen Azerbaijan Grand Prix, when George Russell then driving for Williams uh, had a similar sort of thing with a, a drain cover and, and lifted it off, and it damaged his uh, Williams. So this sort of event has been seen before in Formula One. It's it's obviously not. Uh, ideal but the i guess the problem the first problem we had was the sort of lack of communication and sort of clear cause of what had happened and and it was very clear that the FAA were piecing part the information in real time they weren't sure what had caused it where it was and indeed they where when they did identify that where these water valve covers were and it turns out there's about 30 of them around the track so of course you they then had to check and repave and strengthen all of these around the track and that isn't the work of a moment so uh track yeah, the race organizers which is f1 themselves for the las vegas grand prix uh, it's not a, a different or external promoter this is an in-house production let's say um they had to basically rally the troops rally the the circuit staff to to fix these these covers in place uh otherwise there couldn't be no more no more running because the same thing would just would just happen um, and that had a pretty obviously big knock-on effect in terms of delaying the start of free practice two by in a total of two and a half hours from its scheduled start. Um, but Formula One also extended FP two uh, to from the normal sixty minutes to the full nine to a full ninety minutes uh, to make up for the lost running from f- uh, free practice one. Uh, but this again had a knock-on effect uh, in terms of because this is a night race and they're running extremely late. As an F- FP2 was scheduled to run at midnight start time local time, um, it meant that that session started at half two in the morning. And as you alluded to in, in the intro bit there, that uh, the as it turns out, the security staff and and hospitality staff, yeah, they their scheduled day and their working hours were done by at half one as 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 planned and. Uh, I, I imagine it's not the work of a moment as well to, to suddenly get them to sign on for another three, four hours of overtime uh, in the middle of the night. So that's why the fans, unfortunately, and this is the, the big sort of new problem that's come out of all of this, uh, had to be escorted out. And there was some very unhappy fans. They've obviously paid a lot of money. They've traveled a long way, some of them, to, to, to witness the first ever track action of the Las Vegas Grand Prix. And uh, they... In terms of what they saw in the flesh, they got eight minutes of FP1 and then saw none of FP2.
1: Tickets were anything between, you know, $400 uh, for a general admission ticket, just sort of walk around. Uh, I gather you maybe got a seat for that, I'm not sure, um, but into the thousands. And um, one of the YouTubers who I follow, well, he's far more than a YouTuber, of course, legend in Formula One, Kim Ilman, great photographer. He actually made a, a Thursday, no, he made a Friday video um, and was talking about how he saw Paddock Club and the hospitality. Now, these people have paid tens of thousands in some cases, um, just sort of kettled in in spaces. Some of them not allowed to leave. Some of them not allowed to re-enter because they left during the long break. And and of course, you know, it doesn't, ma- doesn't matter what price you've paid for your. Ticket, I'm sure we'd all love to be in the you know the fancy seats at times. But firstly, you, know, you need to be treated well, communicated well by any sporting event organizer. Um, but we you know we feel for the fans and we hope that they the right thing is done by them. There was a shed. There was a statement released by Formula One, the organizers, and uh, the Las Vegas Grand Prix uh, that said there's no higher priority than the safety and security of drivers, fans, and staff alike. Uh, the additional measures required. To fix the track required multiple hours to complete, which led to a delay in the race schedule, the lateness of the hour, and logistical concerns of the safe movement of fans and employees. LVGP made the decision to close the fan zones prior to FP2, with a full round of practice successfully completed. LVGP looks forward to providing a safe and entertaining race weekend for all. That was their statement. Um, And again, I probably would err on the side of those on social media who have been critical sometimes of corporate responses. I'd love to see the word sorry in there, but I imagine that statement had to be signed off by a million and one lawyers in the land of the lawsuit. I think they've had to be very careful what they say. So I'd hate to be in that situation. Really horrible for all involved. Obviously, it's nobody's fault either, but the fans have really suffered today. A bit like points deductions for football teams. The only ones that it really hurts are the fans at the end of the day because they did nothing wrong. Uh, but that's a different subject of breaking news today as well. I'm not an Everton fan, by the way, but another thing that really say, I bothered I
0: thought you were, i the way you led into oh, no. that.
1: No, no, no. Norwich fan, I'm afraid. Uh, uh. I say I am afraid as well. What a terrible season. But, um, <laughs> but, but it's that things like that where the fans get hurt and you think, but the fans did nothing wrong in this case. Is there not a better way to resolve these things but as you say staff were uh, it's not the work of a moment to then as people on social media suggest well just give all the staff overtime it's just not that easy what have some of the responses been because what is interesting is our world champion has been quite outspoken this isn't really you know the the glitz and the glamour isn't for him max verstappen wants to go racing and being paraded at the pre-show on those podiums some of the drivers in their element he personally didn't like it um he has been quite outspoken against uh and he says this is fine. He he's here to go racing. He's not been critical of it, but he just said that the show beside isn't for him. Also, Toto Wolf got very animated in a press conference today. What's been some of the notable official reaction?
0: Yeah, I think yeah, we'll kick off with uh Toto Wolf there, who yeah, was questioned by uh the media uh, during the FP1, FP2, the the normal team principal press conference that wasn't like an, an exceptional thing. Uh, probably that was lined up. He was sitting alongside Fred Vasseur, Ferrari team boss, uh, James Vowles, Williams team boss, uh, and Zach Brown, the chief executive of McLaren. I, and I I would suspect the plan for them was to be gushing about Vegas and and how wonderful it is to be here and generally drum up the good beat. But obviously going in there, you've got one team boss that's seen a car destroyed. Oh, and to add what I said earlier, Sainz has been given a 10-place grid penalty because he's had to use an extra energy store component in his power unit. There was a belief that he, like a force majeure should be the case if he doesn't deserve that penalty. It was nothing of his own doing or Ferrari's own doing. It was the track that gave it to him effectively. Uh, but the, that, that isn't written in the rules. And the problem is you can't just then make-up rules uh mid-race weekend uh anyone that thinks you can i just refer you back to michael massey abby w 2021 um and that's all you need to know because where where does it end then so unfortunately there's not a great deal anyone can do it even the stewards apparently they spent a couple of hours looking through the entire rule to see if there was some sort of wording or way they could save poor carlos signs from that uh, situation So going I thought was interesting
1: to- by the way sorry to interrupt you what was interesting was that the stewards were human in their response these um, documents that we get sent uh, automated things that arrive on email and are so often so official and pretty cold but it was rare to see one that the steward said if we could have done something different and not give science a 10 place grid penalty for taking a new battery we would but we just e- even in the steward's notes they said we don't agree with this but we have to do this um, which is, I mean, kind of crazy, but hey, Formula One. It anyway, just, sorry for interrupting.
0: Just that's all right. It's just one of those ultimately really unlucky things, like that you said earlier with the outcome of this. Of. Uh, if he'd had an extra one in his back pocket, if it wasn't the penultimate race, it obviously wouldn't have really changed anything. Um, but such is, such is life. Um, so anyway, in that press conference, you've got the Ferrari team boss who was still supporting the event, but was naturally quite unhappy of just how unlucky and the situation unfolded with them. Total Wolf equally was trying to drum up business and, and saying, isn't this a bit of a bad look for F1? And, and yeah, it was getting quite quite animated, quite unhappy with some of them. I think the lining of, of questions and Yes, it was, it was interesting to sort, to sort of see the F1 teams coming to the defence of F1 and, and Las Vegas Grand Prix. And yeah, I think I think it was um, interesting to see where, where this takes us as the, as the weekend progresses. In terms of the drivers, uh, I, they were mostly all just, I think, knackered from a very long day. As you said, finishing at 4am, it was something closer to a uh, Le Mans 24 hours night stint, uh, that 90 minute practice session. Something that we know that Alonso and Holkenberg would have had experience from in terms of actual Le Mans, Uh, but I don't think any of the other drivers have ever driven uh, Norris at Daytona but um none of the other drivers have driven at that time of night uh in this speck of machinery that we're aware of so yeah that was that was something else Um but but to to his credit Daniel Ricardo, who is probably Vegas's number one fan as he famously dreamt of a Las Vegas Grand Prix many years ago he did say it felt strange and quite sad that there were no fans for for the fp2 because of the scenario that we mentioned earlier and and, and i think yeah that that'll be the the main problem that that las vegas will want to to solve is is whether they somehow reimburse the fans that lost out on on friday that ultimately only saw yeah eight minutes of live track action um and generally sort of soothe and pacify these these problems because as you said a lot of people paid a lot of money to to watch this and 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 lost out uh but yes overall it was just one of those very odd strange fp2 a bit of like the throwback to the covid seasons where there were no fans around and it was just yes very very sort of select media there was even a bit of miscommunication i'm told uh by those track side uh where some of the photographers were being asked to to leave effectively um because they sort of Believe that all the outside areas of the track needed to be closed, along with the fan areas. But it was later remedied and said, "No, no, no, they're they're working media. They <laughs> they need to be here." So that was solved. Um, but yes, yeah, so a very odd and strange night uh, in Vegas. Uh, I, I was on the live text commentary for that eight minutes of FP one and said, "Expect the unexpected." But even I didn't see any of that coming today. <laughs>
1: Wow, yeah. Uh, to mention that Kim Illman video again that I watched on uh, YouTube, uh, which he made about midnight uh, local time, he said that uh, he was. they tried to evict him from a, uh, the photographer's area because one of the stewards, not stewards, one of the, the officials said, you've got to have a blue wristband. And he said, no, 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 I've got this tabard, I'm allowed to stand here, and I've got this permanent pass around my neck, and this is the spot I'm allowed. And they tried to remove him. He made them call their superiors and came back and said, oh, no, you're allowed to be here. So again, new event teething troubles i must admit one of the funniest points of the eight minutes of fp1 that we did see was a rather let's say portly gentleman uh, who had been given a headset and a radio and uh, as the the ferrari car was being lifted onto the truck a Science's car was being lifted away of course the official fom cameras were there and he was trying to stand in front of the camera and then he did the old classic put his hand out and covered his covered the lens with his hand and i'm like Dude, come on. I know you've got a big job for the weekend, but of all the races, Vegas is actually put on by Formula One. That camera's a FOM camera. They're allowed to be there, obviously. And it just made me laugh. I laughed I like, out loud I totally agree. It was,
0: it was sort of a remarkable, especially with the clothing he was wearing and therefore what his, his role was in the pit lane. It was like... What, what are you doing? It's, 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 it's affecting your colleague that you're trying to stop
1: working. It was yeah. very strange. But It was awesome. Like proper pap- pap- raci- paparazzi moment. I'm like, nah, I, that's great. I loved it. Yeah. Hey, look, we did get an FP2. We did get a top three of Charles Leclerc, Carlos Sainz and Fernando Alonso. Something for the Ferraris to cheer. And we'll get onto that in just a moment. But first, the podcast today is thanks to NordVPN. Well, NordVPN's defense shields your private data when you're on public Wi-Fi and puts laps on the competition by blocking malware and phishing attempts. Simply, you can't do without it. Plus, when the lights go out on the grid and you're hunting for that exclusive race coverage of whatever series you follow around the world that might be just beyond your reach, NordVPN is like your virtual pit crew, switching your location to put you trackside Anywhere in the world and accessing that stream. And it doesn't end at the checkered flag. With NordVPN, you can stream your favorite shows and movies at top speeds with no buffering. In fact, I used NordVPN recently to watch some driver interviews on social media, which actually were even locked down to not be available in the UK. Come on, it's a social media channel. But I couldn't watch the really interesting interviews. And I realized hours later that I'd left my NordVPN connected. And I'd been streaming stuff all day, and I'd noticed no difference in my internet speed. That's how quick it was. To grab yourself a huge discount off NordVPN, go to nordvpn.com slash autosportf1. That's nordvpn.com slash autosportf1. Our code gives you four additional months for free on a two-year plan. There's no risk with NordVPN's 30-day money-back guarantee. Link in the episode description below. Now, let's talk about that finishing order. Something for the Ferraris to cheer. Leclerc, Science Alonso, top three, as I mentioned. And then Perez, Bottas, the top five. And then finishing off the top ten, Verstappen, Hulkenberg, Stroll, Hamilton, Albon. Not a great showing for the McLarens and not a great day for the uh, Alpines. And uh, a few different aero solutions being tried out there. What can you tell us about what happened in FP2? Yes,
0: yeah, so that was the one that that mattered in terms of when everything got going and we were able to really sort of see how the cars... Uh, performed on track and, and generally yeah where, where everyone's at. And it was a, just a huge learning experience. And I, and I, and I think, um, given that it was making up for lost time, that having a full 90 minutes and it was totally, uh, uninterrupted as well with no red, no red flags, no, no issues, uh, by and large, a few spins here and there, but nothing, nothing to, to write home about, let's say, um, it was clear that I, I think Fari know they've got a, a competitive package. It's which is probably doubly painful for the, the signs and the grid penalty that he's, he's now going to have to take on. They say look, look, uh, leading leading signs at the top of the times. Um, it's it's an interesting circuit in terms of, like you said, where where it sits in terms of its similarities with others. It's got a bit of a baku about it, but it's very long straights and and sort of yeah then the 90 degree corners which uh we did see when uh, a long time ago obviously earlier this season but we did see Leclerc get poles and and lead before eventually being reeled in by the the Red Bulls um on that race uh, weekend and of course it has a bit of similarities to to, to Singapore and Carlos Sainz won there broke he's the only non Red Bull winner so it does seem like it's a circuit that would suit the Ferrari package going on what we've seen this season. there. there's nothing to say that Red Bull will drop the ball again or anything like that. Um they certainly looked strong, uh, in particular over the long runs. Uh, and we know that their 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 tire wear is their real strength. So when it comes to the race, they they should be looking pretty. Um so, yeah, you would say you're, you'd fancy it to be a bit, at the moment, a Ferrari versus Red Bull, as we sort of saw in those other races that, I've, that I mentioned earlier. Uh, and then why not throw for, uh, the superb Fernando Alonso into the mix going on what he was able to to produce in Brazil uh, just a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, I mean, shaping up, it's obviously very, very early days. The track is going to rubber in uh, pretty much every every lap the drivers do. Um it looks like the problems with warm up aren't necessarily going to derail anyone it, the the circuit isn't sort of yeah falling apart like we saw in Miami during its first one and okay with the exception of the drain covers and <laughs> covers like that um it is yeah holding up the tires are performing as largely as expected for the teams so yeah we we i mean intrigued to see how the the weekend progresses i think it will be a Particularly Leclerc uh, versus Red Bull for for pole, and then it just depends if if Ferrari can really sort of solve that tire wear issue that has really sort of been their Achilles' heel uh, since this new generation of of car came in, and particularly this season, it's been a been a major issue.
1: The coverage on autosport.com, The live coverage continues as always for any of our UK and European time zone listeners. Uh, what can they expect in terms of more practice and quality? Has that all been moved in terms of the weekend schedule? Is it staying the same? What can you tell us?
0: At the moment, and I don't anticipate any changes uh, at the time of recording, it will still be the, the same schedule as expected. So if you're listening in the UK, that's 4.30am uh, for final practice and then 8am uh, start for qualifying and then on Sunday, it's a 6 a.m. start for for the race. Uh, it's a curious thing that you raise, though, because i speaking to colleagues as well. Because the race is so late in the US, so local time, like the race starts at 10 p.m. and qualifying starts at midnight, maybe this, with especially with the delays they've had, maybe in future years, they may push it a little bit earlier, uh, say have uh, both qualifying and the race, or like your final sessions start at 10 p.m. local time. Um just to give themselves the the buffer of this and just basically stop things ending at 4 a.m. local time and it's a very peculiar sort of situation to have. Um yeah, we have wall-to-wall coverage, uh interested to see how things develop both on and off track uh in terms of all things Vegas and given in the opening ceremony all the glitz and the glamour they had uh, yesterday, if I can remember what time zone and days were on, uh, you know there's going to be a pre-race show to look out for. So, uh, yes, keep your eyes glued on all things Las Vegas Grand Prix this weekend.
1: And what's amazing, this is a working, living, breathing city with loads of people in the hospitality industry, of course, going about their work, lots of people in town who don't care about what we love, which is motor racing. And, uh, and shortly after practice... The Strip gets reopened. Those roads are being driven on by buses, trucks, regular traffic uh, right now. And uh, once again, they'll close the road later and Formula One wheels itself out again. So it's an amazing job that they have done. And uh, what a shame. What a shame that today happened. But lots of positives, but not ignoring the negatives. Try and strike a balance uh, on this podcast. Hopefully we've done that. Thank you for listening. Make sure you are looking out for our YouTube coverage. Obviously, coverage online, autosport.com. And the rest of our podcasts over the weekend. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.